0: wow matt well 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 look what the cat shaved in and by that i mean we are both clean shaven but not on our face on our the top of our heads matt why did we just shave our heads i don't know why did we do this (laughs) (laughs) you know what i've been telling people that i did it because you said you would do it if i did it and i said yeah
1: yeah i mean i was thrown around the idea but i wouldn't have done this if you hadn't joined me so i guess yeah. thank you
0: i'm just kind of thinking of it as like uh your bad decision of 2020 that i'm just happily a part of yeah
1: i mean i wouldn't say it's that bad of a decision but i yeah i like
0: it i like it i think it looks good i mean i have amazing hair normally you know it's like much like Sierra ronan's character in Little Women, it's my only good feature. Um that's a reference to all the Little Women little uh what do we call Little Women fans? Little Women. Have I just <laughs> Yeah, yeah I just Little Women. Yeah. This one goes out to all the Little Women out there. Um actually uh Q PewTube theme song. How to say Florence Pew? You say it like that. Florence Pew. It's like Q but with a P. No, it's not pug, her and no it's not Poo. I know it's tempting. And we're no. back. Um, no, yeah. We're yeah. <laughs> yes, we did. We did do the Pew Two theme song before our own theme song. But really, you know, as stated before, if you kind of read the fine print, we are a Pew podcast. We're a Pewcast first, and a podcast second, as I like to say. So, um, yeah, uh, we did shave our heads, and um, it's not video game or movie related. But you know, I figure you guys are here for us because we keep it real. We're real dudes. Talking to real people. And uh, this week, Matt, I think we have a very special announcement for all the real people out there who feel, you know, like us. Um, Matt?
1: Yeah, the the gamers of the world.
0: Yeah, you, someone had to say it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> There's... So we a like time. to keep
0: politics out of... I'm sorry to interrupt you, Matt, but I just want to <laughs> preface this by saying we, we never talk politics, but the motion... T- you know, times are tough we got the coronavirus out there the economy so the motion pixels podcast has an announcement to make
1: yes for too long gamers have not been represented in government and that is a belief strongly held by the motion pixels so today we're coming out fully endorsing our candidate ace watkins for president
0: the first gamer president could be the president in our lifetime folks it's
1: going to be a massive day we got to get out there the primaries are going on He's running on the uh, the gamer platform, so it doesn't really matter. But we got to start raising awareness. There's three parties in this race.
0: <laughs> yeah, and uh, he hasn't quite announced it yet, but we have also endorsed his uh, vi- uh, vice president pick. Uh, I forget the guy's name, but it's that one uh, re- representative, that one guy in Congress who is like going to jail or something because he embezzled a whole bunch of money from his campaign to buy Steam games. <laughs> yeah, that, we're endorsing that guy too
1: yeah okay that that sounds like a good pick good team can you really uh you can really uh you know crack down on microtransactions with a. Uh, he's learned his mistakes ace wouldn't be you know ace wouldn't be uh having him as his vp running on his ticket if he hadn't cleaned up his act so
0: he represents you know the many millions some say many many millions Uh, of americans out there who have fallen prey to microtransactions so he's really the everman the everyman who uh america needs exactly theme song is the motion pixels podcast my name is august meyer this is matthew rawlings Matt, say hi hello and of course we are the motion pixels the world nay the planet's number one video game and movie podcast we're just two real dudes keeping it real with real talk many call us the bad boys of podcasting but we just call ourselves the Motion Pixels and welcome to our show. Um, this week we have a lot, of, a lot to talk about. Um, Matthew and I um, are happy to say we just got back from PAX East. It was uh, cold and interesting and uh, we have a lot to talk about. Matt?
1: Yeah, it was great. I had a good time. Um...
0: I will say the reason why I had a good time is largely because of the homeless guy who who was drunkenly asleep <laughs> at the uh Boston train stop right by PAX East, who was yelling at a Girl Scout as she was yeah, selling oh cookies, god. and she was yelling, Girl Scout cookies, and he was yelling, Shut up <laughs> <laughs> And she just kept yelling over him. Man. Oh my
1: god, that was it was it was so surreal. I was just standing there waiting for you to get your ticket, and it's like Girl Scout Cookies Shut, shut up! up! Girl Scout cookies, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I was um, like what, what is this it was great,
0: yeah, I will uh, say homelessness is a very serious problem, but uh so the one that ace watkins will
1: ace Watkins will be addressing that
0: yeah, that is on, that is one of many many important things on ace watkins uh platform. please go check out his campaign at ace Watkins on Twitter um he's really out there standing up for all of us, um including all of us who went to Pax East uh yeah, Pax East was dope. Um, it was in Boston, which I'd never been to before, but, um, it was fine. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Harvard was cool. We stayed right by Harvard. Um, we got some deece food. Um, yeah, the convention was awesome. We, uh, I mostly treated it as a, uh, way to mingle with indie game developers. That's kind of what my objective was to ask, ask some questions, strike some convos, uh, Gain some insights. Um, all my Bloodborne fans out there know all about gaining insight. Am I right, gamers? Uh, but yeah, we had a great time. Um, talked to a lot of developers. Saw a lot of cool games. Um, I'm seeing a lot of talk on the Twitter sphere about how Animal Crossing won Pax East, and I got to agree. Matt and I did not wait in the line that was like wrapped around the block, basically for animal crossing new horizons which is probably matt and i's most anticipated game of the year i can probably say that right matt
1: uh yeah so far i mean there's gonna be a lot of other stuff getting announced but like name one there's gonna be a lot of...
0: <laughs> i'm just kidding this oh, year's okay. crazy but i think it's saying a lot that we're probably most excited for animal crossing um and animal crossing had a huge showing at pax east they had this crazy booth where they had like a probably greater than life size uh, mascot. Person of Tom Nook and Isabel, uh, from the game. And yeah, and
1: like a whole set that was like an Animal Crossing village. Like they had the palm trees and like a little house and a little river. It was really awesome. And they had they had the tools too. Did you see those?
0: Yeah, dude. They had like uh, yeah. nets and fishing poles. Do they have anything else?
1: Um, I think that was it. But it was like they had photo ops where it'd be either you could take a picture with one of the characters or you could take a picture with one of the tools. Um, it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. Not worth the wait. No, no. Um, I mean, I took
0: a bunch of pictures of other people getting their picture taken. <laughs> yeah, and that's but, about, uh, I mean, it was yeah. sweet. I think KK Slider was there too. Um You mean DJ KK. Honestly, it felt like it felt like all these fucking nerds <laughs> were like in like like kids in a candy shop, you know. It was like simultaneously like a little cringy but mostly like very heartwarming to see just people were so happy. Like all people are at PAX to be uh you know to be like excited about stuff and it's a great place to do that but like animal crossing i feel like brought out this like whole new level of like people just loving their lives um and it was awesome to see um and it's just so uh, animal crossing is so wholesome you know what i mean
1: yeah it's a good game it's a good game i'm glad there's a lot of people being excited for it um, yeah yeah but uh let's let's break down packs uh let's go over like some of our favorite things that we saw there i think i know yours um so I'll let you start.
0: Yeah, so um I uh I'm going my my favorites are skewed towards the probably the the people I talked to uh, and I talked to uh, developers for uh, some game programmers and the composer for the music for Dead Cells. Um, and Dead Cells is a game I had played a little bit of uh, when it was first getting hyped up uh, last year. Um it's a roguelike. I I think it's a roguelite really is the term. Uh, it's a roguelite um like, side-scroller um, that has this really cool, like, Dark Souls-y vibe to it, but, like, with more humor. And uh, it was pretty big last year, and I got to talk to the devs of it. Uh, PAX this year, it was it was awesome. That was probably my, my f- absolute favorite thing we did there, uh, that I saw there. Uh, my second favorite thing, uh, I have gotta say, is Coffee Talk. So Coffee Talk is a game I had heard about right before PAX that uh, is a visual novel about i think we might have even talked about it on the podcast no, i don't remember uh, it's a visual novel about like mythical creatures like vampires and werewolves and elves and orcs but they all live in like modern day 2020 seattle um and are all really down to earth and most for the most part get along with each other and it's about this coffee shop that's open um at night in seattle so it attracts kind of the crowd of people who would otherwise be going to bars but for whatever reason isn't and um it's cool um it's a really interesting game and we got to talk to some of the writers um i think uh, we talked to a writer and an artist um but what was cool about the the people we met was that um uh, the writer we were talking to was talking about how all the characters in the game are one-to-one just based on people of the studio. So. The writer I was talking to said all of the all the people at their studio are represented with a character that they kind of designed themselves. And it's a slice of life game. So it's not like there's some big narrative that um, they like each wrote. It's more like just they inspired a character that is kind of going about their life at this coffee shop. And you are the barista talking to them and kind of like learning their story and also like making uh, or attempting to make uh, latte art (laughs) on the coffee and stuff they order. Um, it's a very chill game. Uh, the whole soundtrack is like lo fi hip-hop, vibey stuff. Um, so that was really cool to talk to those developers. And then uh, other than that, uh, 30XX was a game that Matt told me about. Um, a sequel to a game called 20XX that's a like heavy Mega Man X inspired um, Rogue Light side-scroller um, as well um like dead cells but uh with megaman blasters um and we talked to the developer of uh, the creative director um and game programmer of that there um and it was awesome super cool game um we can talk a little more about it but first i'd like to hear um what matt's top three
1: yeah so we have some overlap um my first one which was kind of like it was before pax even started uh my airplane right there i sat next to somebody who uh works at Nintendo and was a biographer for them. Was it my huh? uncle?
0: My uncle <laughs> yeah, works at uncle. Nintendo. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. It was, it was your uncle.
1: Um, but, yeah, this girl's she was pretty cool. Um, she does a lot of the film stuff. She's telling me about, like, some of the coverage and stuff they've been doing. Uh, she was playing Coffee Talk on the plane, which was pretty cool. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, got me interested in that. Um, it was just neat to, you know, meet someone who was going there, not as, like, a a fan, but for work, um, she seemed really into all that stuff. So that was cool just to be able to, because of PAX, meet somebody, um, who was like that. Uh, maybe she was the one. Uh, no. Um, <laughs> 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 uh, so, um, yeah, my second part, uh, was probably coffee talk. That was really cool. Um, and it was cause of a lot of the information that we got, but the thing that I found, uh, most like interesting from talking to those developers was that they chose Seattle because I am I live in Seattle, so I was curious as to why they would pick that. And I just assumed it was because it's a very, I don't know, the vibe of the city is very chill. A lot
0: of people drink yeah, coffee. The it game's rains all at a night. lot. Yeah, it's like super, super chill. The rain pitter-patter in the background.
1: Yeah, and then I was like, so yeah, why did, why did you pick Seattle? And I was like, oh, we were going to show this at PAX West. Um, Which is in Seattle. Yeah, which is in Seattle, and we thought the people at PAX West would like it, so that's why we picked it. I was like, "Oh, okay, <laughs> that's uh, that's one reason to pick it." So, because I, I guess it was gonna get released around then. It didn't release until just recently, um, but I thought it was pretty cool. Like they just, you know, made a such a fitting decision based off something like that. Um, so that was pretty neat. And then my third favorite thing was probably uh, the. The giant tournament area they had for Magic. Um, I always oh knew... dude, I
0: barely noticed that.
1: Yeah. Oh, because uh, yeah, we only really walked around on the like the expo area where all the booths were set up. But that the entire back part was um was like the competitive, not competitive, but just like a gaming area where they had a bunch of tabletops for uh, a lot for Magic. Magic was running a lot of events there. Um, but they also had an entire LAN area where people brought their computers to PAX and set up and were playing games. Um, I thought that part was pretty cool because my only other convention I've been to has been Comic-Con, which is very panel-focused. And I've been kind of struggling to figure out what like PAX is because it seems like such a hybrid of a bunch of things because they have... They have some panels, but they're not. There's not anything like huge that's shown. Kind of like at Comic Con, they have the huge panels in Hall H for big blockbusters. And oh, there's huge... nothing like that. Nothing like that. Yeah, nothing like that. Literally,
0: nothing, like literally
1: that. nothing. And they have demos, but it's not as huge. Like Nintendo has a much bigger presence at like Comic Con. Typically, they fill the don't don't whole room.
0: I mean, no, yeah, remember? Like, yes, there's times... there's there's more big demos at Comic Con, but they had some pretty big demos. Here at, at pax East. they had the they had, animal they, had crossing. An, they had animal crossing and final fantasy 7.
1: that's not nintendo
0: i'm not talking about nintendo are we are we I'm just talking talk, about oh you're just I, talking about yeah Oh uh-huh. yeah because
1: like even that so those are two big they have demos at pax but i feel like uh companies when they go to comic-con they have much bigger areas set up like they the couple times we went to uh, comic-con in the past they had that big Nintendo area that overflowed into another hotel. Do you remember that big area Mm -hmm. where they had like a bunch of different games you could try out um, stuff that was coming up, stuff that has already been released? Uh, They don't have anything quite like that, but that's why I like this competitive gaming area because it kind of made me think like PAX is like a big uh, nerd meetup that kind of just got out of control. Like I feel like people initially would go to PAX to meet up with their, uh, their gamer friends and have a fun weekend together. Um, And then companies just got involved and you have all these booths where you can buy uh, some cool stuff. You can see some games. Um, So that really kind of like made me think like, yeah, this is what PAX is. PAX is like a celebration of games in a way. Um, And there's a bunch of different parts to it. So it was pretty cool.
0: I think you're right about it uh, coming from a very different place than it's at now. Because uh, you probably know a little bit more about the origins than I do. But um, PAX started as um the penny arcade convention it's called the penny arcade expo and um i think you know that's basically like a um what's the rooster teeth one called an rtx i think it started out as kind of like an rtx like convention where it was really like four fans of penny arcade which is like a big online community so it was like way more community and probably you know friend focused um at first and now it's like just like a much bigger version of that that's been open to way more people than just Penny Arcade fans. Cause like, I don't know anything about Penny Arcade. Um, yeah. But I was really excited to be at PAX. Um, and we saw like one reference to Penny Arcade the entire uh, yeah. time. It was I think I know
1: why that is though. Um, uh, so I was talking to somebody at work today and he's asking me uh, how the trip was. Um, and I was kind of just telling him some of my thoughts on like how it feels like a, I don't know, big land fest that grew out of control He's like, yeah, so the reason PAX East is a lot different than West or South is because it's not run by Penny Arcade. Oh, They that's licensed cool. it. Yeah, so I don't know. I didn't fact check it, but he, you know, he's very into that scene, so I took his word on it. But I guess PAX West and PAX South, or Unplugged, whatever the, the one in Texas is called, are still run by Penny Arcade. So there might be more Penny Arcade stuff there. But I guess they licensed the convention, so... There's I know there's, you know, East, but I believe there's a fourth one somewhere, and those are run by um a different entity, I suppose. So they probably threw in that little uh that penny arcade reference <laughs> at the very front of the of the convention as like a homage, but um yeah, it's not them. So I that's thought that interesting. Was pretty interesting. Yeah.
0: That's super interesting. Uh, but we're not here to talk about penny arcade. Who even are those guys? Tycho, you know, I thought he was a DJ. We're here to talk about Video games. Uh, Matt, what, what do you think the, the the most f- fun-looking game you saw there was? I think mine, the most fun-looking game that I wasn't aware of was definitely 30XX. I'd never heard of that game before, but it was awesome. Um, what, 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 what about you?
1: See, I didn't see a whole lot of new games there. I feel like everything I did see has kind of been on my radar. I can tell you games that I saw and... I'm not excited about. <laughs> yes, I think that might be easier. Um, my hot take is that Magic Legends, I believe it's called. Uh, it's like a licensed game that's based on the Magic IP. Oh, the, very... the Diablo. Yeah, I don't. I see. I still don't know if it's a Diablo game or not. That's what it kind of looks like. They marketed it M- as an MMO, um, but I don't think think that's what it is. Um, but yeah, that game looked very. I don't know. It looks about, like, how I thought it was going to look. We'll see how it turns out. But I'm predicting it's, like, a not-as-great Diablo or Path to Exile or something like that. Yeah, Um, with
0: with dungeon crawlers like Diablo likes, I think you really got to try to make your own spin on it that's pretty... pretty, recognizable you know if you're just going for like a diablo like that just is within the magic universe you're not going to get many people who aren't already magic fans buying it
1: yeah especially with uh diablo 4 around the corner
0: yeah which looks rad yeah yeah
1: uh, and you know one game that i had seen before but i'm glad they're still showing it uh was Kerbal space program 2
0: yeah that had seemed like it had a pretty big presence
1: yeah yeah they had a huge booth for so i don't know it feels like that game wouldn't but uh yeah, it was cool to see that they're still there. They had the did you see the Kerbal statue?
0: Uh, I don't know if I did.
1: Oh yeah, it was cool. They have like a not life size Kerbal, but like a I don't know four foot Kerbal statue. That oh, was, it was pretty cool. That's yeah. awesome.
0: I think I saw that. I think I saw that. There was there. I mean, there was a lot to uh, a lot to take in. I mean, it wasn't quite the size of uh, the Comic Con San Diego Comic Con Show floor, which is like freaking small town, but um, I mean, there's a lot. We saw a lot while we were there yeah ran into uh our boys friends of the podcast uh mega 64 uh saw them uh that was very cool that was my first time uh meeting them you've seen them a bunch
1: um yeah they've i've <laughs> i've crossed their paths a couple times and the fir- the first several were them making fun of me so we have a colorful past.
0: <laughs> yeah, and you know, we added a little bit more color to it uh, this past weekend. I think I might have gotten unbanned from their Twitch. Oh yeah, uh, talk channel. about that. <laughs> um, <laughs> there was uh, there was a time there was a time uh, where I was uh, in their chat um, spamming an emote that indicated that uh, Terminator Two is better than Terminator One. And I might have spammed that emote for too long and gotten permanently banned from their chat. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you know, I, I you know, they they're not shy about accepting briberies. So I might have you know slipped you know oiled their palms a little bit to to get back in the game, back in the saddle over there. So we'll see how it shakes out. Um, actually, uh, cue the uh cue the theme song for our uh, our newest segment. Um, unban August. That was cool. Um, thank you for that, Matt. Um, but yeah, um, we saw them, it was very cool. Um, but yeah, like I was saying before, the coolest part was meeting all these indie game developers and, uh, a funny, th- a funny thing that happened was, uh, there's this game called Sludge Life, which, uh, I didn't know was a game because, uh, it's a Devolver game, which I did not realize was a game because all I knew them for was, um, this EP they put out on Spotify called Sludge Life by an artist called Big Mud where the album art was, like, this, like, blue frog-looking guy wearing a hoodie, smoking a cigarette, and it's this real, like, you know, pun unintended, like, sludgy hip-hop, and I thought Devolver was just, like, putting out music, because they do all sorts of weird stuff, so I had actually been listening to it quite a bit um, while I work lately. Um, It's, like, a real real easy song to put on loop, which I, I do a lot when I work, and I... Saw them selling like some sort of merch for it at the uh, devolver booth. So I asked one of the uh, one of the people working the booth, like, "Oh, like what's that? Uh, what's that frog guy from?" And uh, he was like, "Oh, that's from uh, our game Sludge Life." And I was like, "What? That's a game? I thought it was just an EP on Spotify." And the guy was like, "No, actually, the uh, the guy who made the music is standing right there. You can go talk to him." And I was like, "Ugh." And uh, yeah, there was a dude, uh, very cool looking guy. Um, a lot of the developers, you know, look like software developers and as a software developer i can say that um this guy looked cool and i went up to him and uh he thought it was so funny i told him you know how i didn't even realize that uh this sludge life thing was was uh tied to a game um and he thought it was so funny and uh, i think he was like flattered that i was just like into the music without even being a fan of the game oh yeah for uh,
1: sure for sure
0: yeah it was like him uh so sludge life is a game that's uh just a two-person uh two-person thing that uh, him, the guy who did all the music for it, and I think he did maybe the sound design too. Um, and I think he's the voice of the main character. Um, and a game programmer who I also met who was hanging out with him, who looks like Steve Aoki if you know him. Um, uh, they made this. It's like a open world like walking simulator where you're like a graffiti artist frog. Um, it's it's pretty cool. It's like super like low res. Um, kind of like lo-fi looking. Um, and yeah, he was a super cool guy to talk to. Um, he's worked on a bunch of games at Devolver. Um, were well, published by Devolver um he worked on a new game that um they also had the booth called disc disc room i think is what it's called um it looks kind of like smash tv um mixed with like the room um or is it called the room the cube it's that uh it's some like dumb horror movie about like um these like people waking up as like prisoners in like a uh facility with like a a room that has all sorts of traps in it they have to escape um it's like that kind of thing um cool he did the the music for that um Forget now. I think he might have worked on Minute. Uh, I don't know if he worked on Minute, but the uh, team that did was uh hanging out with him too. So um, I hung out with them as well. It was a t- another two-person team. Um, that was cool. And uh yeah, super cool guy. Um, and Sledge Life looks actually pretty cool. Um, Matt. Uh, Matt and I saw the gameplay for it. They had on the, had it on this like huge like jumboplex kind of screen at the Des- Devolver Digital booth. Um, someone was playing it and we watched him. And uh, Matt compared it to. Uh, Void Bastards, uh, which yeah. I think is a pretty good comparison. The, like, the rendering style of the game is uh, similar. Do you want to you wanna go into that, Matt?
1: I mean, it, it's just how it looked. Like, I don't, I don't know what it was about it, but the way everything was being rendered seemed a lot like Void Bastards, where Void Bastards is kind of like, I mean, the, the, the sprites are, are like Doom, the original Doom, where it's like a 2D image, and it kind of rotates with you as you're moving around it. Um, even though it's in a 3d space uh this game it looked everything was like full 3d but it's just the appearance like it kind of looked maybe it's the art style um it kind of looked like um did you ever play with that really old drawing tool google had back in the day like google sketch uh no no it's like maybe it's like vector based oh what the fuck
0: (laughs) (laughs) did you just trigger your uh your google home I did. Yeah. Oh my God. You know, we were, we were talking about it. it, knew, <laughs> I just it
1: okay, Google, shut up. That's so funny. But yeah,
0: I mean, it's a, it's a really cool looking game. Um, and uh, the team behind it, uh, even cooler. I'm so, always so impressed by these games that have uh, only like one or two developers, you know, like Stardew Valley is a good example. Um, but there's a bunch of examples of this that we saw at PAX. Um, uh, a, a cool example is World of Horror. Uh, World of Horror is a game um, published by, um, actually i'm going to look it up uh, matt can you go and i'm going to look it up can you go into uh, world of horror it was a pretty cool game we uh got a chance to talk with a publisher about um, a bunch and saw you know some gameplay of
1: yeah uh, it's based off oh i'm going to butcher his name junji ito is that does that sound right to you
0: yeah junji ito uh,
1: junji ito yeah um, it's i believe inspired by if not maybe yeah i think it's just inspired by um his kind of artwork and uh he's a manga novelist that writes a lot of horror mangas and he has a very like distinctive style and approach to storytelling
0: yeah it's like um, super bleak dark gory uh body horror so this game world of horror well, was described as a body horror uh game yeah for
1: us. It, it's not too gory like he does have graphic imagery of some people who die but I, like when i think gory i think like saw right like body parts everywhere
0: one of the most popular like junji ito images is like a girl whose head was like drilled in
1: yeah like i guess i guess that's gory i don't know i just consider like gore like arms getting cut off left and right and like blood spraying everywhere where his is more like yeah like like that girl with her her head getting drilled into um yeah but what but he has a lot of stuff like that
0: uh this world of horror game is inspired by that aesthetic so it has it's like a turn-based uh turn-based combat point-and-click adventure game where you're fighting these kinds of creatures um like you see in junji ito manga um but what's interesting is the guy who made the game uh his name is paweł kozminski from uh poland um he is a dentist by day and made this game on the side so a lot of the, the the creatures in the game this body horror game are um like dental horror based kind of like have like really fucked up teeth um like all like teeth all over their face and like these huge gaping mouths um it's really freaky stuff it's all black and white um kind of rendered like an old dos box game um uh, it looks pretty cool I'm, a, I'm excited to try it out um we talked to the publisher uh the publisher is uh yisbird games uh ysbryd games um and i think as far as i could tell it's is just, just this one guy we talked to um who was super cool and he was telling us kind of about like what he looks for uh, in a game to publish. Um, yeah.
1: That was really interesting to hear all that. Yeah. He's like, especially from a smaller publisher too, since they have to, I imagine be kind of more selective with what they pick.
0: Yeah. And he was talking about how he was trying, I think it's, I think it's just like this one guy and then he has a bunch of investors and he tries to build a, he's trying to build a portfolio of games that are all kind of saying something, um, a like Games that have, like, a very distinctive visual tone, like World of Horror, and then another one of his bigger games is called Valhalla.
1: Is that right, Matt? Yeah, I, I, I've never heard of it, so. I think um... I've heard of
0: it, but he was, he was saying it's one they're more well-known for, but um, super cool to talk to him um, and kind of see what the business side of indie game development was. Because he had just found, uh, through some sort of, like, scouting or network that he had, um, this dentist in Poland who was working on this cool World of Horror game. And, oh, he was
1: a dentist i didn't catch that part yeah
0: yeah oh, that's crazy um so that's why there's all the, the crazy and all the
1: arts made in teeth. ms paint
0: yeah that's the other thing all the art is yeah. ms paint which is crazy it all looks it looks super good it's all pixely um pixely and dark and scary um so that the developer unfortunately wasn't was not the uh was not pax east but uh the publisher super cool guy um i'd like to check out valhalla because uh world of horror super stands out um that's one of the, the most interesting games we saw at PAX East for sure.
1: Yeah. PAX was such, that was a good time. Yeah, it's a great time. I don't, I don't know if I'll go to East next year, but I'm definitely going to swing by West again when it comes back to Seattle. Yeah, I, do. Uh, I feel the August. same way. I feel the same way.
0: Um, just that kind of scale of convention is pretty cool where, um, like if you want to go just for indie games, if that's your thing, I mean, you're going to see a ton of them. Um, like we pretty much packed a day full of just checking out indie games. Um, it was it was awesome. Um, that other game I was talking about, Thirty XX, um, talked to the developer, um, the creative director um, and developer of Thirty XX, and Twenty uh, XX is a uh, the game it's a sequel to. And I had not played that before. But Matt, were you saying you had, or one of one of our friends had? I've tried
1: it before. Um, it's very it's like Mega Man. Um, I I like Mega Man. I've never been a huge fan of it, but it. And I can't – it's more based off, like, Mega Man X. Yeah, not, completely uh, like based proper, on Mega Man X. Yeah, especially, like, the art style. And I think there's differences in how the gameplay of those two games are, too. Um, with the – you know, it still has that core Mega Man part where you defeat bosses and you get the power-ups.
0: Um, yeah, you're dashing around and you're jumping and shooting. Um, yeah, and this
1: one's, like – 20XX is pretty focused on co-op, I believe. Like, that's a, that's a big draw um, that you can – Play the two characters at the same time.
0: Yeah, at at PAX East, thirty um, uh, XX is co-op as well, and I, I dropped in and played uh, played through the demo um, with someone there, and um, it was really fun. Basically, we like I was playing um, a character, um, a female character who looks almost exactly like X from Mega Man X, and then um, uh, the guy I was talking, the guy I was playing with um, at the convention, he was playing a character who looks almost like Zero from uh Mega Man x so if you yeah. if you like that kind of thing uh and you like roguelikes you like like you know endless randomly like procedurally generated games um definitely give 30 xx um you know, check it out on steam um i don't know if it's coming to switch seems like a good game for that kind of thing but uh, i wish listed it on uh steam and i uh i'm excited i think it was just announced like either at pax east or right before
1: yeah i think it was right before um I was looking it up right then because I, I kind of got confused. I thought maybe 30XX was the original, but 20XX came out a while ago. Like I think it was early access for a bit, but it initially started like 2014. So it's been Whoa. a bit since they've, yeah, it's old. Yeah, the, the, um,
0: it's worth noting that the graphical styles of the games are different, where 20XX is um, like pretty high res, kind of like if uh, the original Mega Man X games were high res and not pixelated at all. Whereas 30XX um, is much more like the originals and um, yeah. totally pixelated, and like 16 bit. Uh, it looks great. They both look great, honestly. Mm-hmm.
1: There, there was one thing there. So this is kind of pivoting away from PAX, but uh, it was, I was surprised that it wasn't an announcement that we saw there. Um, Cause it's uh, it just came out today. Uh, so riot just announced their
0: new shooter.
1: Have you heard anything about that?
0: uh no i think I, I just saw it's called valorant that's all i know about it valorant. yeah
1: i was yeah they just did a big not a huge uh reveal today but they revealed a lot more information and showed some gameplay and dropped a new trailer and maybe launched the site too i think the name was unveiled today too but that feels like that could have been a great pax east announcement right? yeah like right? have a big booth there to get some hype
0: i almost think riot is too big for pax east maybe
1: I don't know. Um, yeah, they didn't have any presence, so maybe that's it. But it just it feels like a game that's coming for some like major players. That it was interesting not to see like a single thing about it there. because um, it's like a. Have you looked at what the gameplay is like at all?
0: Uh no no I, I think I saw like one screenshot. That's it.
1: It's basically. It seems like it's a hybrid of Counter Strike, Siege, and Overwatch in a way. Interesting. How so? Yeah. Uh, well, so the the game play I think is most heavily uh, like Counter Strike, where there's rounds, um, and when you die in a round, you're dead until the next one. Uh, you have to buy at the beginning, so you can buy a bunch of different guns. Um, but unlike Counter Strike, uh, and more like Siege or Overwatch, they have it's a hero shooter, so you have a bunch of different heroes that have uh, different powers and abilities. Um, and maybe some exclusive weapons. Uh, I'm not too sure about that. Um, but you interact with the map in a way that's a lot more like that. And the abilities, it's not like Siege where it's like a little operator gadget where some can be more impactful than others. Um, these seem like like full- on like overwatch abilities. Like it feels like these heroes have ultimates and uh, their cooldowns, which are you know the ones you can spam more often. Um, I feel like a lot of these heroes have that and I I didn't really know what to think from the gameplay because it kind of just seemed like Counter-Strike with that layered on Um, so I'm gonna have to try it before I fully judge it but like the the time to kill in that game it's like Siege or Counter-Strike where a headshot kills you immediately so you just can kind of die from nowhere Um, and I don't know how well that I feel like I'm not sure how that would work with uh, like overwatch style abilities um so we'll see i'm excited to play it uh one of their initiatives they were saying they're trying to address with this game is getting rid of a uh, peeker's advantage which i'm not quite sure how they're going to try to do that but that's a big thing and um do you mean like how in siege
0: sometimes when you're the attacking the attacking team you just die immediately because someone peeks at a window that they can immediately see you where you spawn
1: well, it goes both ways, because uh, in Siege, when you're attacking, if you peek in through a door at somebody that's guarding it, you have, like, I I, I think it's because of how the server works, but you have, like, a moment before they're going to be able to respond to you, so more often than not, a somebody that's peeking in really quick and then shooting is going to uh, kill the person who's holding that angle, uh, which is pretty interesting. Yeah, but you kind of got to know they're there, because you have to react pretty quick, but that's a big thing that's in siege um, so somehow they're trying to address that I don't know if because it, it seems like this is supposed to be like their big competitive game so they'll probably do the whole like high tick rate servers um, so everything's smooth and it's like about as you know fast and fresh as you can get it for an online game um, but we'll see uh, it's supposed to come out in summer like full release in summer so it's pretty soon and they haven't even had like a a closed beta yet so it'll be interesting to see how that comes out we'll def i'll definitely try it um you should probably try it too i'll try it too that sounds sounds interesting yeah Yeah, it's something to to look at for sure or yeah these uh
0: these games with the super low time to kill just have like a snappiness to them that i that i really like you know i I really like counter-strike um and i love siege so yeah i'll check it out i'll check it out yeah
1: And it's free-to-play, too. Oh, great. It's the whole Riot model. Yeah.
0: So they're going to do the rotating heroes where you can play some for free and then buy the ones that aren't?
1: I don't – they haven't unveiled how they're going to do it yet, but they'll probably have – I don't know. It could be like how uh, Siege did it initially where you have to, like, earn credits and unlock them. Um, But I think the heroes might just all be free because they're probably going to try to get people to just pay for cosmetics like they do with League. Because there's only going to be, like, ten heroes when the game first comes out. Oh yeah, so it'd so, be kind of
0: weird to rotate out.
1: Yeah, right. So it's like, oh, you can only use there's two free ones, <laughs> and that's it. Um, 10 yeah, bet, I bet I bet they go more just all the heroes are free and buy our skins, buy yeah you know different outfits for the characters, gun skins.
0: And people will. Yeah,
1: especially if they have guns that are like um like the stat track guns
0: from Counter Strike. Oh yeah, or uh, of course the strange weapons from TF two.
1: Yeah, anything with the a meta stat to it where you can like track how many kills you've got
0: outside of you know that game and throughout all of them i love that oh dude speaking of that kind of thing you know one thing dane will do is like sign people's weapons uncle dane Wait, our, really? uh, our friend of the pod <laughs> from uh last week um he's a, a how do you TF2 do 2 streamer uh you can so when you trade so let's say i um i have a weapon and i trade it to you then um how is it done now that that i think about it um there's a way in tf2 where you can trade him a uh weapon or hat um of yours and then he can uh like put his name on it it might be that he crafts it and then trades it to you um then it'll say like crafted by you know, Uncle Dane, whatever. There's there's oh, a way so to do it. Oh, so they
1: give him materials or something?
0: Yeah, I'm not sure exactly how it works, but there's there's a way where he can, like, basically sign hats and stuff in, uh, in TF2, which I think is pretty funny. Maybe and it,
1: it's, like, a name tag? Does it tell you who initially named a thing? if you?
0: Yeah, there's, some, there's something like that, but it's just so funny, like, because he was telling us how he was, like, manipulating the market. <laughs> or, like, you know, people, you know, he increase the value of a hat just because it's the one he used in his videos yeah Yeah, it didn't manipulate but had an effect on (laughs) yeah if you're listening uh you know tf2 regulators you know you didn't hear nothing you didn't hear nothing i ain't no narc um but yeah um that'll be cool man Mm. the uh uh riot shooter it's not in the league averse right or is it
1: no it's uh yeah this game is their departure from that so it's I think they said Future Earth. Okay. But I saw somebody using a bow and arrow. Is <laughs> that so it's like? Okay. It's one of those games where it's like, yep, there's guns and there's a bow.
0: Okay, so it's running the Decima engine, and it's in the uh, Hor- Horizon Zero Dawn slash Death Stranding universe. That's cool. That's very cool. Um, can't wait for that. Um, but to, uh, to circle back a little bit to PAX, um, after the show, I uh, went home and played a bunch of... Dead Cells and Coffee Talk. I got Dead Cells on Switch and played it the plane ride right home and a bunch when I got home. Um, and Coffee Talk, I, uh, I had on Steam before the show and uh, played a little more um, when I got home. And um, those games are really well put together. I want to talk about Coffee Talk specifically. The um, The way the game is, is laid out, it's super chill, right? And it's this visual novel. But you can, um, there's no like conversation decisions, Really, you're just listening to all these conversations happen as people filter into your coffee shop, and you get some regulars who, um, you know, are these, you know, very different characters who um, are going through stuff in their life that they kind of talk about and talk with other characters at the coffee shop. And all you do is make them coffee, and it's really hard to fuck up the coffee you're making them. So you're more or less watching like a, a movie. Like you can even put it on auto, um, so you don't have to click through the conversations. Um, all you have to do is make coffee every like five minutes. And um, the way the game is structured is pretty cool where um maybe i'm giving it too much credit i just haven't played enough uh visual novels but it seemed pretty cool to me the way the each day so it's you're playing through different different nights really um in this coffee shop and every day or every sorry every night there will be like one or two people it's like a very business is real slow um you'll you'll have one or two people come to the coffee shop and much like the um much maligned cats movie um there's a lot of like introductions, you know, like they'll kind of come to the coffee shop and introduce themselves and there'll be this whole tiny little story arc about you know why they how they got to the coffee shop and like you know what what brings them there that evening and um, as the game goes on, more characters are introduced, but um you never really see all the characters at the coffee shop at once, but what makes it interesting is every night there will be like a different combination of characters. Um, and it's a real slice of life and there's not really a whole lot of like story going on. So it's, what's interesting to see is how these different characters play off each other. Like you're the enjoyment of the game really is just like the enjoyment of how these characters bounce off each other. Um, and uh, I've been having a good time with it. There's some pretty, pretty fun characters. Like there's like a vampire who um, is a supermodel and he spills the tea he narks on the industry that like human skincare products in this world are marketed by supermodel vampires who have like perfect skin and um i thought that was funny the game like has this tone that's kind of like making fun of uh our world in like a much much uh goofier less satirical way as like gta does where it's kind of a mirror of our world in a way um like for instance, there's this social media in the game that kind of helps you. You can think of it as like the Pokédex for all the people who have come to your uh, uh, come to your coffee shop. And every time you meet someone, you like kind of like get friend with them on the social media in the game called Tomodachil. Tomodachil. I don't know how to say <laughs> That's cool. it. Yeah. And um, you have like a iPhone that even has like a home button that you use to navigate around it. Um, and uh, on your iPhone, you see like their profiles and there's this One of the characters you meet early on is this cop named uh, Georgie, who's this, like, older guy, has some kids, and he's always, like, trying to get away from, like, he's, like, arguing with his kids and getting away from them by hanging out at the coffee shop, or, like, he's on duty and not supposed to be taking a rest, but he's, like, taking a coffee break, and um, he's always joking around, and he's very vocally lactose intolerant.
1: (laughs) Vocally lactose intolerant? (laughs) Yeah,
0: and uh, if you go to his Tomodachi profile, uh, it says, you know, talks about his lactose intolerance, but then under favorite movies um one of his favorite movies is robert cop you know like robocop but robert. oh <laughs> that's cool yeah you yeah, know it's it's a very uh very lightly funny game um if you you know if you're in the mood to chill out um it's a cool game uh i i've been enjoying it although my one critique and i talked to the developers about this and you can't tell me that i'm just bad um, I cannot figure out how to make coffee shop or uh, sorry, I cannot figure out how to make uh latte art for the life of me. One of the main mechanics in this game is making cool looking latte art on the coffee you're making your customers, and all of my uh latte art looks like something your mom would put on like the refrigerator to make you feel better, even though she knew it was garbage and there's no like AI making sure your art is good so every time you make latte art for someone they'll just be like oh my gosh that looks so nice And in my heart i know it looks horrible
1: <laughs> <laughs> wait so you talked to him about that
0: yeah i talked to uh <laughs> i talked to one of the developers um about the latte art and i was like okay i've played your game i've played your game but this latte art so hard what's the secret to it and the developer she just told me just have fun with it and i'm like i am having fun but i'm still horrible at it that's so. a nice way of saying get good that's a good point yeah is there no <laughs> tutorial but no I... no there's no tutorial <laughs> <laughs> this uh, is the dark crazy. souls of barista simulators dude oh my god yeah so uh coffee talk check it out um it's by toge uh toge productions uh toge games um they're from malaysia um they, they flew it was in. indonesia uh let me double check indonesia you're correct um yeah they're an indonesian publisher um who've published a bunch of games um such as da, 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 da. they published a bunch of games and uh this is their first game they've actually made which is cool um it's like the publisher getting into development
1: yeah in house. yeah pretty cool
0: yeah they've made infectionator apocalypse ray rage in peace rising hell she and the light Bearer. um some games that frankly i have never heard of um but this game Coffee Talk, um, I've been seeing on the blogosphere bouncing around and uh, I've been having a great time with it. So uh, cool, cool company, cool company, cool Indonesian company. Um, and yeah.
1: And it's a big hit. So hopefully
0: yeah, seems like it.
1: That, that team gets to keep making more things.
0: Yeah. And they, they were super genuinely cool people to talk with, the team there. And they brought very tasty coffee flavored candy that I personally enjoyed. So uh, yeah, go try some coffee flavored Indonesian candy if you can and uh, check out Coffee Talk. Um Matt, uh, did you try any other games from PAX?
1: Um, no, that was about it. I wow, didn't think, get a chance man. to play a whole lot. I know, I I haven't got a chance to really. I bought Coffee Talk. Um, I was gonna play it on the plane, but my headphones didn't work, and the music is supposed to be great, so I really wanted to make sure. Yeah, the first music is through. awesome. Yeah, um, but that that's on my list. Otherwise, didn't get a, Really get a chance to play anything else. I saw at PAX. Uh,
0: I also played, as I said, uh, Dead Cells. I um, put a ton of it, actually. It's super addicting. Uh, it's a it's a roguelite where it's real easy to die, and you just try to get as far as you can. Um, I, think there's a, I think there's an end, like, there's an end boss in it. Um, I've got to, like, the fourth world in it, or the fir- fourth, like, section. Um, it's super hard, um, but what's cool about it is, so you're this, like, sl- slime ball who inhabits the dead body of a, like, prisoner who just got beheaded. So you walk around, and you're, like, this corpse zombie who has, like, this glowing sludge for a head coming out of like a where the, the head got chopped off of the neck and um you have a uh, like a melee weapon and a ranged weapon and you can set all these sorts of traps and turrets and stuff um and it's a super fast paced um almost feels like uh ninja gaiden E have you ever played like the messenger or like the original ninja gaiden side scroller matt
1: no i've only played the ninja gaiden games that were on like xbox okay yeah
0: not not like that at all but it's it's like the kind of like the side scroller reminded me of the side scroller like super fast paced, unforgiving um, side scroller or brawler type thing. Um, But you have crazy ninja moves um, that you're you're jumping about and you have this cool move where like, it's a very vertical uh, game. So there's lots of like, um, it's like Metroidvania light. Not, not, not really. There's no, there's not a lot of backtracking, but there's a lot of like exploration of uh, like side paths that go up and down. So you have to navigate kind of like the verticality of the, uh, of the map a lot. And there's this great move you can do where the game just feels great. like has a really good weight to it. And that's like best demonstrated in this awesome move you can do where if there's a big drop, you can like slam into the ground super hard and it deals like a shockwave around you. But you can do that like whenever you want. So anytime you jump, you can slam down to the ground, kind of like Mario's Ground Pound. Um, And it's a great way. It just feels super snappy, like slamming around the map, Um, getting dudes. And uh, the the enemies are all pretty cool. There's zombies. Like it's very Souls-like. Um, but with a little more color a little more humor um and i don't want to say too much about it because you you should go check out check it out but um there's tons of uh different crazy weapons like i said you have like you can drop like automated like crossbow turrets and like you can set wolf traps on people um and these are all like rechargeable abilities so it doesn't feel like they're very stingy with giving out cool abilities to use um all sorts of cool weapons and effects you can deal um kind of reminding of hades um a game that i talked about recently it's got, you know, that, um, a cool breadth of, uh, weapons and abilities, um, that you could use, um, as any good roguelike should, um, shout out Binding of Isaac, um, I'll always be shouting out Binding of Isaac love that game, but yeah, Dead Cells, check it out, French company, Motion Twin did it, um, I was talking to, uh, one of their developers, one of their, uh, game programmers who, uh, who signed my copy of the game, got a hard copy on Switch, um, and he was saying that Dead Cells, they've been making games for 15 years at Motion Twin. I think he was a co-founder. And he said this is their first hit. So he said it was like surreal.
1: That's so crazy. Yeah, I but, can't believe they were able to stick around for that long.
0: I think they had some moderate success, but never anything as big as Dead Cells, um, which is cool. So Yeah, good um, for them. Yeah, good for them. Shut up, Motion Twin. Um, friends of the pod. Friends of the pod. Um, but, you know, we're a movie and video game podcast, as far as I'm concerned. So, um, I'd like to introduce a segment I like to call uh, the. Um, let's see, this segment is called um, Safty Brafty. Cue theme song. Here we go. It's me. This is how I went great uh that was a really interesting theme song you put together um yeah so i watched a movie by the Safty brothers um cool kind of up-and-coming director pair of brothers uh called good time and um, this is a movie that got a lot of hype in 2017 or 18 when it came out um and it stars robert pattinson and benny Safty, one of the directors who play these brothers in the movie who botch a bank robbery And one of the brothers, who is um, mentally disabled, played really well, um, super respectfully, too, by Benny Safdie, the co-director of the film, um, plays this brother, um, mentally disabled brother, who gets uh, caught by the police during the escape from this, uh, like, bank heist gone wrong. And it's about Robert Pattinson, his brother, um, like, eluding the police during this one night in New York, um, while also trying to get his brother out of jail um and this movie has like a ton of crazy twists and turns and it's super intense from the start um and i would uh highly recommend it it's done by these guys the safety brothers who this year directed um a lot of people's favorite movie of the year uncut gems starring uh adam sandler which i'll be watching next but um yeah good time was awesome um super cool what made you huh? what made you want to check it out uh dan actually recommended it to me um he, oh cool yeah he was saying that uh Uncut Gems was his like favorite movie of last year, um, favorite new movie of last year, and um, I had actually been avoiding Uncut Gems because I heard it was super stressful. Like, like Dane was saying that it's the only movie that's ever made him like stand up for the last 20, 20 minutes of the movie and like pace around nervous. Um, really? Yeah, it's like people describe it as like an anxiety attack of a movie. But so I've been that's kind really of a, awesome. I mean, after I watched Good Time, I was a lot more sold on these. Uh, these guys movies i mean good time is awesome like for the very first shot like the framing is super tight on i think uh, i forget one of the characters faces and the, the the you're not really not gripped for the rest of the movie like the whole thing is like super fast paced every line of dialogue feels like it matters there's all this cool foreshadowing done constantly so like it's like the mood it feels kind of like the, the the script is like laying tracks for itself as it's going along and like completely executes on all of its promise it felt like kind of like Uh a really good episode of breaking bad where like like the writers of that show would say that they would like write the ending first and then like figure out a way to get to it and that's how this movie felt at times and then other times it felt like the plan that the characters were getting to would go terribly terribly awry and go on these crazy tangents and it just felt like you were you were being getting like whiplash but in a really entertaining way um awesome movie awesome movie good times great music too i think it's just called good time not not plural
1: yeah it is i'm looking it up right now
0: yeah but i can't believe
1: i hadn't heard of this this sounds really cool
0: it just got on netflix for the first time uh, like last week two weeks ago maybe um it's a it's an indie movie i believe um the the music is so good it has a super intense synthy soundtrack that i think benny safety the guy who's in the movie and co-directed it also did which is crazy um I had also heard good things about the Uncut Gems um, soundtrack and sound design. So um, if you're into like really good up and coming indie film, check out Good Time and then, you know, also watch Uncut Gems. I'll be watching that as well. talking about it on a future podcast. And um, yeah, good time. Good time. Good movie.
1: Yeah, that sounds really good. I'm going to have to check this out. Dane with the great recommendations, dude.
0: Yeah. um, Good time. Good guy. Good uncle um yeah <laughs> uh yeah um you know what i i'm gonna go back so earlier i said that the segment was called safty brafty and frankly that was low effort um so <laughs> we've rebranded you've already heard this and when you first heard it you were like that's not safty brafty that's super safety brothers uh yeah that was i mean that so that was the theme song that you heard before uh, and, uh, okay.
1: hmm? can we go back to safty brafty
0: no no sorry <laughs> the uh the theme song has already been cut. uh you know it's already been mixed mastered um disc jockeyed if you will so uh yeah it's, it's already, already set in stone so uh moving on uh, matt have you seen any movies this week
1: nah man it was just packs i uh i mean i did no, watch no that, some that, that, movies that's there, okay that's okay we can end but, it there yeah okay yeah Yeah. okay it sounds good uh
0: yeah so thank you for listening to the motion pixels podcast bye whoa 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 it's not over wait did i miss something
1: Oh, this is a bit... I don't like... Okay. So, with an attitude like that, we are never going to make contact.
0: You know that, right? Make contact with Jodie Foster of the movie... Oh, I thought you were talking about Jodie Foster from the movie Contact. Larry Herb, brother. Wait, Larry Herb, Xbox Live's Major Nelson?
1: Yeah, that's the one. And this is his segment. Um, So, once again, we're closing out the show with our... Defining segment, The Most Notable Nelson. Uh, And this week, once again, I won't... We all know it's coming. The Most Notable Nelson this week is Larry Herb, Xbox Live's Major Nelson. Uh, That's, what, four, three weeks in a row? It's going to be a lot more than just that, so it doesn't matter the number. But we'd like to recognize, because it's an unfair competition, who the second most notable Nelson is of the week. And we actually... Have a shakeup this week. Wait, what? Yeah, we don't have one Notable Nelson. We have a group of Notable Nelsons. Wait a second. Are you serious? Yeah. We are honoring the band Nelson this week as the runner-up Most Notable Nelson. Have you ever heard of this band?
0: No, but I feel like I'm about to.
1: <laughs> yeah, they were uh, They were very big in the early 90s. Um tail end of the hair metal it looks like um (laughs) (laughs) so uh you know with just hits such as love and affection more than ever after the rain the discography goes on and on uh for a truly second notable band um so nelson wherever you and all the uh wherever you and the whole group are congratulations you are the second most notable nelson this week
0: well Um, I actually, you know, I wasn't sure, uh, our boy Larry was going to pull through for a what, fifth week in a row, but, uh, man, he keeps knocking them back, dude. Good for him. Yeah. Unstoppable force. That's funny. We actually, you actually mentioned, uh, Larry Herb because, uh, we've, uh, we've had a, we've had a, a new segment in the works for a while. Um, that we've been kind of waiting for the right time to drop. You know how the, the internet hype train goes, but, uh, we have a new segment called Larry Herb Blurb on Reverb. And, uh yeah you can uh, you can cue that right now um it's kind of a pre-recorded bit uh that i think you all are gonna love like like quite a bit if you like larry herb content this this uh this bit's gonna be pretty interesting to you um so uh cue bit wow that was a that was potent bit um thank you thank you august um and uh that's gonna that's gonna do it for us so uh of course we are the motion pixels podcast my name is august meyer my co-host matthew rawlings is right here goodbye goodbye gamers
1: Finished. Oh, I had something I wanted to share with you. Uh, um, it's a executive decision. Oh,
0: no. You're cutting 25% of my audio now compared to 20? <laughs> yes.
1: I'm going <cutting>, to <laughs> cut all of it. It's no! just going to be me talking with the occasional pause. Um, Larry Herp. No. Uh, no, it, that's that's what it is. Uh, I'm cutting that. I'm getting rid of that. No more Larry <gasps> Herp sensor.
0: We're just going to – are you saying we're going to – Okay, let's test this out right now. Fuck.